podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Cody represents everything this TNT championship means on paper. Suits, ties. Darby Allen represents the exact opposite. You look at the fact that I can't challenge for the world championship, yet I'm ranked number one. Darby Allen represents relentless. What that means, it means doing anything it takes to get what you want. I can't see anyone, I can't visualize anyone with that title besides me. Think about every champion that you can remember in all of wrestling. All they wanted, they ate, they slept, they just breathed wrestling. I'm not gonna argue that Darby isn't that, but I know for sure that's who I am. Who do you want as your champion? Corporate sheep or someone like Darby Allen, who is relentless? We can have all the respect in the world for each other, but there's no respect going into this match. We're trying to take each other's heads off. I have to ask myself, what's most important in this story? The beginning, the middle, or the end? Cinema Geekly's AEW podcast. It's Anthony Lewis and Nick Montez, and we are back to talk more AEW Dynamite on TNT. And of course, before we talk about Dynamite, uh, we always uh, mention Dark, although uh, this is the second week in a row, Nick, where I did not watch Dark at all. Uh, I've watched, I, I think there were, we're on episode 31 of Dark, and I'm pretty sure I've watched most of if not all like 20 uh, like 20 the first 29 episodes that's better than me yeah <laughs> and the last couple of weeks i just can't anymore i mean look for ever, ever since we've entered into this no fans era pandemic phase of professional wrestling it's difficult in general and the last few darks i was just watching out of habit but it's tough to watch uh this week was jimmy havoc defeating sean dean and uh, best friends defeating Lee Johnson and Musa, not to be confused with Moose. 
Uh, yeah, man. I just, and I didn't watch either of these. Uh, the tag team match got a 1.92 on grapple. So, I mean, that's, these aren't blow away matches. It's just up and coming indie guys against the established AEW stars. And, you know, they're mildly competitive and then the stars win. Uh, there is not much to these. So, yeah, it's it's tough to watch. And eventually I just gave myself permission to, to stop watching them. So that is that. Let's jump in to episode number 30 of Dynamite. So this is like a big number, 30 episodes of yeah, Dynamite. It's I'm, actually crazy that there's so many already. I can't believe we're here already that uh, Dynamite has been in existence for this long. Pretty crazy. Uh, well, we get a what I thought was a great Darby Allen and Cody cold open video segment hyping their semifinal tournament match. Now, I will, I don't know, I can understand why this wasn't the main event. They wanted the main event to be what it was so that they could have the face off that they get at the end of it. Uh, but. I thought this was the much more higher profile match with, uh, and I think of the two, the the better match, I think I would have preferred this to be the main event, but I really liked the opening video. And then we go to, of course, uh, our commentary team, which now feels almost like the regular normal commentary team of Chris Jericho and Tony Schiavone. It's so weird. Like Excalibur, Tony and JR feel like a weird distant memory. Oh, yeah. Of times past in AEW when the fans still existed. It's so weird. Yes. Before Thanos snapped them out of existence. It's, <laughs> I mean, John Moxley says it later, too. Like, he reiterates the point, but I don't know. It's still weird. Uh, so the opener, Darby Allen versus Cody in the semifinals of the TNT Championship Tournament. So they start out with a great wrestling exchange between the two of them early. But Cody tweaks his knee on a bridge out attempt and Darby goes after it, starts working over it. They start fighting on the floor uh, where Darby collides with Brandy Rhodes. Jericho is questioning whether or not Cody did this on purpose. And to be fair, when you watch the replays, it does look like he purposefully sidesteps Darby and then leads him into Brandy. So it doesn't look good for Cody there. He may get a, a talking to. Uh, when when he gets home. Cody works him over for a while. Darby with a quick comeback hits a code red for a two, then goes back to the knee. Darby works on Cody for a little while. Eventually, Cody clocks him with the lariat to buy himself some time. Cody starts with a comeback, but his knee is hurting. Darby hits Cody with the crossroads and gets a two. Tries for the figure four as well to work over that knee. Tries a springboard coffin drop off the middle rope, but Cody catches him. Gives him the Rainmaker, which nobody called the Rainmaker, but you know, maybe Jericho didn't want to give uh, Kazu the attention that he so rightly deserves. Over-the-top stunner by Darby Allen. He tries for a moonsault press, but Cody catches him. Drops him down onto his feet. Hits him with a great crossroads, but only gets a two. Cody goes up top, and Jericho is essentially screaming that he's going to do the moonsault. And I'm like, no way. He's going to try to do the coffin drop. Darby hit his move on him. He's going to try to hit his move on Darby. And yes, Cody actually does a pretty great looking coffin drop, but Darby gets his knees up and then Darby goes to hit the coffin drop and he lands it, but he sort of lands high on his shoulders and the momentum carries him over into a cradle 
and Cody is able to get the pin. Moving on to the finals for the championship is Cody. What did you think of the opener? Oh, I thought it was an excellent match. Uh, Cody and uh, Cody and Darby always have magic in the ring. They're and good. yeah, they're really good. And I feel like Darby's going to have Cody's number one of these days. I thought the ending was fantastic. It was a smart way to protect Darby, but still give Cody the win. Mm-hmm. Um, three and a half stars. It was a good match. Oh, okay. Yeah. You liked it a little bit more than I did even. I thought this, yeah, I thought this was a really great opener. And these two guys, as you noted, really good together and always good storytelling. I don't know how I know. I know I, I know that I saw some people online that were really upset about the finish. I didn't get that when I saw it. There are a lot of people who thought that Darby had won. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how you get that because clearly he was like folded over and his shoulders were on the mat. Well, one shoulder was on the mat. There was there were some replay angles where it looked like Darby wasn't fully had his shoulders planted, but may and maybe that was intentional because this would be three straight matches where Darby Allen has not been able to beat Cody. Mm-hmm. So at, at first the the first time they had a draw, the argument was Cody couldn't put him away. But they had a second match and Cody beat him clean. And the third match, Cody has beaten him again. So that first draw now makes it look more like Darby can't beat Cody instead of, you know, Cody not being able to put Darby away. So there is there is some question there as to whether or not this hurts Darby Allen a little bit. And I think maybe you can make the case that it does a little bit, but I don't think he'd be very hard to rehab or anything like that. So uh, I went... Yeah, I went three and a quarter stars. Grapple went three and a half on the dot. 3.5. Yeah, not bad. Okay, so after that, uh, we get the second part of the Scorpio Sky career retrospective. This one mostly just talking about his time with SCU, coming up with the, the worst town ever gimmick on BTE, and then all of the success they've had after that leading up to him getting a world title match on TV against Chris Jericho. So that was all good stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. We go to MJF says that he knows that we all feel lost, but says no fear. He has rehabbed his hangnail. In fact, his nail doctor has said that he's overhealed his nail. He has the strongest nail he's ever seen. So he was all, he was all excited. He couldn't wait to come to perform in front of the wrestlers at ringside and everybody on television. He couldn't wait. He was re- getting himself TV ready when, unfortunately, he nicked his neck shaving. Most men would have bled to death, Nick, but not MJF. He didn't bleed out. He's healing up. He'll be back sooner than later. And he's very sad that he cannot compete yet. Terrible news. Just a, a run of bad luck for Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Poor boy. Poor boy. Musa, not to be confused with Moose, against Wardlow. So Musa's a big guy. He's not tiny. So he got in a little bit of offense on Wardlow, but it did not have much effect. He smashes him, gave him the whatever that is, that thing where he kind of choke gives like the choke slam position off the middle rope, but just 
pulls him down into like a knee smash, which is always great looking. And then he hits him with the F10, which this dude just splatted on the ground and didn't move for the win. What did you give uh, the uh, the Musa Wardlow match? I mean, unless you've got some deep thoughts on it. I, I got no deep thoughts, although I will say Chris Jericho getting in the jab. I know you need a job, Musa, but you're going to do a job was pretty hilarious. <laughs> um, I think for that and the moves being executed well, it's a two star. Yeah, I gave it two as well. Yeah. Uh, grapple 1.78. They're in that more in that one and three quarters uh, territory there. So after that, we've got the bubbly bunch episode three. I don't even know how to begin to explain this. So the inner circle is essentially torn about who really won the flim flam contest from last week. And Jericho said that the only way to really solve this is to, what did he call it? It's a Manitoba. Oh, mauling or something. I don't know. Uh, but like they should all fight like that'll, that'll, uh, clear the air, but they, they fight via a, a FaceTime call or like a Zoom or a TikTok or something where they'll like punch the screen and then we immediately cut to somebody selling the punch or the kick. But very soon it stops being just inner circle people and starts being like Peter Avalon and Jungle Boy and Sunny Kiss. And then like Lou Ferrigno, the original Incredible Hulk, is in there. Who did, did you notice anybody? There were other people, but I didn't notice who everybody was. Did you catch anybody oh, else? Just the Jay and Silent Bob ones were oh, the big ones Jay that stood out there. Yes, Jason Muse and Kevin Smith were also a part of this. <laughs> uh, ridiculousness. I I just wrote uh it then breaks down into some sort of insane multidimensional fight. I thought it was very entertaining, though. Up next, oh. uh, Jimmy Havoc, Kip Sabian against Best Friends in a no disqualification match. So a four-way brawl to start this, of course. Jimmy Havoc hits Orange Cassidy with a chair on the outside. There's a lot of brawling on the floor. They finally get back into the ring with a ladder involved. It's all heels for the most part at this point in the match. They isolate Trent. Chuck revives but is quickly disposed of essentially Kip Sabian does the old slip it on a banana peel. He goes to do this running cannonball into the corner on Trent who's sitting on a chair, but Trent moves and Kip crashes into the chair. This allows the, uh, Oh no, that's actually not when the tide turns. That's when, um, is it Trent who takes the bump onto the sideways chairs or was that Jimmy? It was Trent. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Havoc gives Trent like a DVD or whatever onto two chairs that are turned on its on their side, which looked like just oh no thanks. Yeah. And then Havoc's poor back, man. Uh, and then uh, Kip Sabian does a double a double stomp off the top onto Trent, who's on the chairs. This uh, gets a two count, and this is when Chuck Taylor gets into the ring and is revived for good as he body slams Jimmy Havoc through a chair grabs Kip Sabian, gives him a pile driver on a chair, but Penelope Ford breaks up the pin. Chuck gets backdropped into a ladder. Penelope tries to interfere again, but it's all backfired. And the finish is Chuck Taylor grabbing Jimmy Havoc off the top rope and giving him a running awful waffle onto some chairs for the win. 
this was a crazy no DQ match. What did you think, Nick? Oh my God! Just the fact that uh, Tony Schiavone called it an awful waffle too that made me uh, really happy. That was funny. <laughs> oh man this this was actually my favorite match this week. Just mm-hmm, mine too. If you're gonna have if you're gonna have an empty arena, better have all the Gaga and craziness and stuff to keep you centered on the match. And they did this, man. They told the story here. Yeah, and it was brutal and just fun to watch. I gave this one also three and a half stars. And I do think it was better than Darby and Cody just because Darby and Cody probably would have been the better match in front of a crowd. Mm-hmm. But this was just pure entertainment. Yeah. Uh, this thing kept me, uh, kept my mind busy the whole time. I didn't get wandering eyes or anything like that. I also went three and a half stars for this one. Favorite match on the show for sure. And Grapple gave it a 3.56. Hey. Yeah. I'm really feeling it this week. Say over hi. there, over there in Grapple Land. <laughs> so then we get a behind-the-scenes video on Britt Baker's role model segments, where she is essentially a jerk to her uh, makeup assistant. And then we get the actual segment where Britt is like, uh, she received so much positive feedback, Nick from uh, my favorite thing is she's like from people on my fans on Twitter and Instagram. She said, even the old folks on Facebooks, which <laughs> made me laugh really hard. She said her lesson this week is that not everyone can be a role model. And she points out everything that is a sense. Uh, basically she's in sen- she, She's just mocking poor Tony Giovanni incessantly. And, <laughs> She's like talking about how like you shouldn't wear glasses just to appear smart. She's like, you should suck in your gut on pictures. And uh, they come back and Tony Schiavone's like, I don't know what she's talking about. She's like, my teeth don't look like that. And he's like, I've been losing weight. And he was, he didn't know what was, he's like, we're friends. Poor Tony Schiavone. Dude, I wrote, uh, did Bert Baker just become my new favorite character? I, <laughs> I adored this segment. I, she's I also, awesome. I also uh, realized that her makeup assistant was uh, Rebel from, from the TNA. Yeah. yeah. She kept calling her Reba, which was yes. hilarious. <laughs> and just, I love that in her office, not only is it pictures of her and pictures of her and Tony everywhere, but like mm. her segments of her talking on AEW or playing on the television screen in the waiting room. Yes. Tremendous. Great. <laughs> there was also the lower third of Adam Cole's jaw that I also saw as well. Oh, I'd remember that. I'd, I'd remember that, Josser. I'd, I'd know it anywhere. Uh, <laughs> Sean Spears versus Baron Black, which totally sounds like a character they would make for a WWE My Career uh, thing. So Black gets in a good amount of offense. Spears essentially overwhelms him, though, hits him with the C4, locks in the sharpshooter, and gets the win. The highlight of this match, Nick is Chris Jericho marking out over the name Baron Black says that he swears that he met him at a at a metal festival uh and at the end of this match he's like Baron Black is being sent back to the death metal festival in Norway which just uh he was hilarious what did you think of the match that probably was the one highlight of the match was Jericho saying that yes. and him saying I saw Baron Black once and he sucked and you don't know anything about death metal Shivani <laughs> <laughs> Tony, Tony Shivani at the end he's like I want to go to one of those death metal festivals 
I would oh. pay money to watch Tony Schiavone at a death metal festival in Norway. So would I. I would love to do that. <laughs> um, I just gave this one one star. There's not much to it, really. Yeah. Uh, the Jericho comments really made it for me. Therefore, I went one and a half stars. Uh, the grapple a little more. They're, they're in between us. 1.24. Okay. They decided to to compromise on this one. <laughs> we get Taz breaking down uh, Lance Archer's blackout finisher. <laughs> Again, these segments are always fun and uh, a way of kind of uh, legitimizing everything. So that's good stuff. We get a Marco stunt video, which is essentially him talking about fighting without his partners right now because of the pandemic and travel issues that they can't be there. So this is, you know, him and dealing with all of this and essentially says that um, he can take way more than anybody gives him credit for. And we find out because he faces Brody Lee in the next match. And uh, the only notes I took for this are Lee kills him repeatedly. Pop up powerbomb for the win. I mean, because that was essentially the match. Marco really didn't get any offense in on Brody and Brody just smashed him. But do you have any other thoughts on it? No other thoughts. 1.5 match. That's pretty much it. You said it all, really. (laughs) Yeah. I went a whole one and three quarters. Uh, I thought they did some cool stuff in here. Uh, I really like the uh, Marco leaping off of the the turnbuckles and Brody catching him with the black hole slam. Uh, I thought they did a couple of neat things in here, but yeah. Uh, For that video, putting Marco's stunt over, he just, you know, he didn't look good at all. He got in more offense on Lance Archer than he did on Brody Lee here. Grapple gave this one 1.91. Almost two stars. Pretty generous, I think, but okay. John Moxley, he's out in the desert somewhere, Nick, like in Vegas. And he's talking about how him, uh, like his winning of the championship in Chicago feels like a lifetime ago, which it sure as hell does. It was only in February and it feels like it was in February, but of 2019, not, not a couple of months ago. It feels like a lifetime ago and he can't wait until he can be back in arenas. He said swearing and sweating all over everybody, which now doesn't sound very, I mean, I guess it never sounded appealing, but it sounds less appealing now, but we know what his sentiment was. Uh, He said he's going to be on AEW live next week and knows that he has a target on his back going into double or nothing. Uh, Anything about this uh, stand out to you? Uh, just Mox telling you to not forget to call your grandma. Oh, yeah, that's right. He kind of did like the social distancing, like PSA sort of mm-hmm. at the end. Uh, I also like that he sort of, he not by name, but he did mention Renee Young in there. Uh, something about like how she's incredible for dealing with him being cooped up inside during a global pandemic. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that was good stuff. The announcers let us know that. Next week on Dynamite, we are going to have John Moxley taking on Frankie Kazarian. And what a team. What a tag team match. Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara against Kenny Omega and Broken Matt Hardy. That's going to be big. What? Where's Hangman? Is he still sitting this out? He's going to sit this out until the pandemic's completely done. He's got drinking to do at home. That's right. 
main event time, Lance Archer versus Dustin Rhodes in the other semifinal match in the TNT Championship Tournament. So the story here is Dustin's trying to chop down Archer, but is not successful at first. Manages to hit a cannonball senton on the floor. That does the job. Takes him off his feet, but it's not long before Archer's back in the ring and back in control. He pounces uh, Dustin out of the ring. On the floor, Dustin eats a chair, gets kicked into his face by Lance. This busts him open. Uh, Dustin, he tries fighting from the, the bottom, but is easily cut off. Archer just runs him over for a while. Dustin starts trying to make this comeback. Kicks him in the balls and everything, but Archer still does not enough to, to defeat this man or take him down. Dustin tries one more comeback. Hits a code red, but cannot hold on for the pin. He manages to keep the pressure on, though. Hits a crossroads on Archer, but Lance Archer kicks out of the crossroads at one. He chokeslams Dustin. That gets a two. He then does a rope walk into a moonsault press for a big two. Very impressive. He tries to hit the blackout on Dustin, but he fights out of it. He gives him a second choke slam, goes to pin him, but Dustin reverses the pin into one of his own and gets a two. Archer's mad now. He gets up, literally tears off the turnbuckle pad, starts slamming Dustin's face into the unprotected bolt, uh, worsening the, uh, the cut on his head. QT Marshall's out there now. He wants to throw in the towel. Cody comes and takes the towel away from him. And Lance Archer just grabs Dustin, gives him the claw, slams his head into the ground a bunch of times, and then just pins him with the claw hold uh, to advance to the finals to meet Cody at double or nothing for the TNT championship. What did you think of the main event? I think Dustin uh, bled. He worked hard and gave Lance Archer his best match yet. Mm-hmm. Um, at at tight rope, well, that tightrope walk into the moonsault was incredible. That was awesome. Um, Lance is a hell of a specimen, and I think this was cool because I think we're used to seeing Lance against people that are a little bit smaller than him or way smaller than him. This mm-hmm. was someone that was really on his level, and he absolutely brutalized Dustin and yep. looked dangerous. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this was very well done. Um, I gave it three and a, three and a quarter star. I loved it. Yeah, I really liked this match too. I thought it took, I thought it took a bit to get there. By the end, I thought it was very good. Uh, it took a little bit to get there. The early goings of the match were a little slow and plotting, but man, by the time they got to the end, uh, I thought it was a good ending stretch for sure. I, I gave it a three, and this is probably one of the better no-crowd pandemic-era AEW shows in a while uh, in terms of in-ring. like I think there were, yeah, three three-star matches on this show, which is considering the circumstances pretty darn good i think oh yeah sure yeah that was a all-around good episode and um tony khan said he was really proud of this episode so mm-hmm. um it definitely shows he put a lot of work and thought into the booking here this week 3.41 from grapple mm-hmm. so yep there is that uh but as you can tell by the length of this episode we haven't even we're, we're basically at like a half hour yeah, I mean, these shows are pretty easy to zoom through. There's really not a lot to digest or dissect. Uh, it was pretty straightforward this week. I mean, maybe at some point we might need to write some sort of paper or an essay on that bubbly bunch uh, thing. I 
I still might need some of that diagram. Like Vicky Guerrero was in there. Uh, <clears throat> just, I, I don't know what was going on there. There were some little people that I did not recognize. I have no idea. I had no clue what, what that was. I may have to go back. Maybe there's a synopsis somewhere of everybody who was involved in it. Uh, and I missed some things, but that was just lunacy. But other than that, uh, there really wasn't a whole lot to dissect. Everything was pretty straightforward. So, hey, but you know what? That's okay. You've got things to do. We've got things to do. So I think it's okay to bid you adieu at this point. Head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for The Elitists. Hit subscribe, and that way you can come back next time and hear us talk about more AEW Dynamite on TNT. Featuring Kenny Omega and Broken Matt Hardy versus Les Sex Gods. <laughs>